This podcast is only possible because of your support. Please consider donating, if you can, using the links in the description box. I'm Elia Haber for the Beirut Banyan. This is a special day, at least the one I'm using to write this episode. Outwardly, I'm celebrating a couple of anniversaries. These are milestones for people I care for, whether beating certain diseases, birthdays, and graduations. With most of these things, these highlights mostly impose themselves on us. We rarely have anything to do with their timing. You can tell from whenever you're moving your birthday celebration around so that a friend who has kids can manage to get a babysitter. It also happens when you try to protest on the closest palindrome day you can mark it, or when your friends rush to appoint you in a government position a day before it's too late and feel it's only fitting to mark their mind-bending insolence by getting you a cake the next day to celebrate it. It's awkward acrobatics, really, this marking of the passage of time. Then there are those occasions that you choose to celebrate inwardly. No fanfare, no circus, just enjoying the day irrespective of its date. These could also be birthdays, I tend to subscribe to that clan, but even more somber events, such as deaths. I did use the term celebrate to mark death. Yes, I know, very tragic. The reason I did that is because there are certain endings that just allow you to finally breathe, and may be worth celebrating. These can be deaths of friendships, romantic relationships, or even utopic ideals. I'm sure many of us can remember wasted years, or as someone special likes to call them, misspent, where life was just a blur. These can always be self-inflicted by hanging out with the wrong crowd, but can really just be due to a sick environment. In a previous life, I remember falling in love with cell biology, that micro-world where each protein can take up entire careers, primarily due to a Ziad Rahbani reference in an AUB class. That professor, who later agreed to be my advisor, was discussing how cells do not live in a vacuum, how they rely on signals from neighboring cells, the strata they grow on, and distant tissues. To illustrate his point, he gave the example of cancer cells, whose metabolism goes awry for multitudes of reasons. One of the ways people are trying to tackle cancer, including his lab's work, was to modify the cell surrounding to coax it to revert back to normalcy or commit suicide. I know, very tragic. There seems to be a pattern here. But long story short, as he was hinting at what his work involves, he then looked up at the class and said, to which I very excitedly and loudly replied, You can say that me being the only Ziad fan in a class taught by an even bigger one was just stars aligning. I can't deny that our collaboration was fruitful at times and that it was an overall good relationship. But it was tense at many points, and I learned a lot from it. I mostly learned that if a spark exists, it's worth exploring, but it's not a guarantee for success. I try to implement that in all my network, even the relationships that ended up crashing years after that one. I also learned that it's annoyingly easy to feel worthless when the system is just designed to drive you mad. This guy's footage on Al Jadid that was circulating on Twitter, where he says he feels ma'alu aze, is all of us at some point. For shit's sake, people were wasted trying to reform the Lebanese system and we're still complaining about how it alienates us in 2020. Drawing the line is very hard. 
the line where you stop scrolling through your Twitter feeds, where you go to a protest, where you back up an alternative candidate, or when you stop caring altogether. Deciding that a spark makes for a cute beginning and nothing more is a tough downer for me. For this reason, I try to encourage myself with two other maxims. Noblesse oblige and yakfi sharaf al-muhawala. For those who are unfamiliar with the first one, it's generally about a moral imperative to act whenever you know yourself to possess certain privileges that are not necessarily available to others. The second is more of a philosophical cup of tea, making oneself feel better in the event of a possible defeat, reminding us that trying to change is already an honor. I'm not sure if these ring true to anyone who's listening, but these are keeping me a bit hopeful vis-a-vis what's going on in Beirut. They might also explain why I keep coming back to this podcast and didn't even wait to get a proper microphone before I started recording the first episode in this series. If you do agree, though, at least partly, thank you for listening. Actually, thank you all for listening. Please excuse my rants, my low-quality phone recordings, and incoherence at many times. I still feel we're going to keep talking, even though I have to be on the move again. Elia Haber, signing off for the Beirut Banyan.